Welcome to Agency for Change, the podcast that brings you the stories of people creating positive change in the world. We explore what inspires these change makers, the work they're doing, and how they share their message. Each of us can play a part in change. And these are the people who show us how. Hi, everyone. This is Lynn Weinman, founder and chief strategist of Kit Glove. Welcome to another episode of Agency for Change podcast. Today, we're talking with two amazing change makers from the Junior League of Omaha. Now, the Junior League of Omaha is in its 102nd year of empowering women to be effective volunteers. In truth, the purpose of the organization is to train an army of new change makers. How amazing is that? After a couple of years researching what Omaha most needed from its volunteers, the Junior League of Omaha has settled on the critical need of hunger and food access and is putting all the weight of its 700 plus members behind solving it. That gives me chills. With us today are Catherine Harrington, Community Impact Council Director, and Shannon Lang, Chair of the Hunger and Access to Healthy Foods Committee. Welcome. I'm so excited to talk with the two of you. Good morning. Thanks so much for having us, Lynn. Absolutely. Truly my pleasure. And, you know, let's get started. I'd really like to hear more about the Junior League of Omaha overall. And I feel slightly bad saying this, but when I think of Junior League, the first thing that comes to mind are pearl-wearing 1950s housewives. Yes, I know that's ridiculous. Catherine, is that an image that you feel like you're fighting against at JLO? That's so funny. <laughs> that's like not my experience within the Junior League at all. In my experience, it's like a group of women who are ready to roll their sleeves up and like weeds and do landscaping and <laughs> hand out massive boxes of food. I haven't seen anybody wearing pearls at any of our shifts. I do know that, you know, sometimes I, I know that there was a movie that called The Help and that that is where some people got their opinions of maybe what the junior league was. But in my experience, that is not it at all. I don't feel like we're fighting against that in any way. But in my experience, it is a group of amazing women who are strong. You know, amazing. When you get a group of amazing women who are strong together, I know that really great things happen. And I, I do appreciate you clearing that up for us because I think it actually was that movie, Catherine, that movie that I was thinking of. Right. And, and we need to get that picture out of people's minds. Well, and I would say that I think the majority of our members probably work. I think I'm in the minority. I stay at home with my kids, but the majority of our members are uh, working at a day job. And so it's not a lot of housewives that are staying at home. And also, Catherine, we're not going to kid anybody. Staying at home and raising your kids is some of the most difficult work anyone can do. I, I know that to be the case. So. Catherine, as the group was working through all of the possible things, that you could put your, your efforts behind. So many of them were very valuable. How did you decide on this one? Lynn, you're absolutely right. It was so hard to, to narrow down our focus areas to just one because they were all such worthy areas where we want to make an impact. There were 
two main factors, I think, that went into that decision. And I wasn't even part of the group that made the decision. One was the logistics of things. So our other focus areas, uh, we had hunger and access to healthy foods. And then we had abuse in women and children. And then we had opportunity youth. And whenever you're working with children, you have the issue of background checks. And background checks on a massive scale cost a lot of money. And so, you know, we didn't want to be spending large amounts of money just getting our our members cleared to be able to work with these kids. We thought that that might be a barrier to entry for us. And also some organizations aren't willing, sometimes you have to have lots of training to get in before you can go there. I know to be like a CASA advocate, it's like a 40 hour class that you take before you can even work with the kids. So we saw that as a barrier to entry for us. And the other thing that helps lead into the decision was that we could see very clearly with food access, how we could incorporate those other focus areas. You know, if you look at like your basic needs, we need food and clothing and shelter. And if you don't, if you're not meeting those three needs, it's hard to focus on learning. It's hard to focus on having good family units. And so we felt like if we could help with food access, that then we can incorporate those other areas to make a more stable community. And one of the things that food access is working on is actually going to be working with foster kids in the future. So we are incorporating those other focus areas. We're just meeting them at the food access point. That makes a lot of sense. There's definitely a hierarchy of needs and you have to start in the first place and then move on to build stability into the community. So Shannon, I'd love to hear from you. Hunger and access to healthy foods is really a huge issue. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to the director of the Food Bank of Lincoln, and he was just talking about how the need is is growing. And even more since the pandemic hit, I'm so curious, how is the Junior League settling on this particular problem to address? So as Catherine kind of touched on a little bit, we had those three focus areas last year and how we came to the decision to choose hunger and access to healthy foods was through service learning opportunities. So what these entailed were going to a different community partner and we would learn about how they are addressing this focus area or this issue. And then we would participate in an act of service for that organization. After each one of those shifts, we would have our members fill out a survey. And based on that data collection, we have an amazing community research and development team that compiled all of this data. And seeing how great the need was, the data spoke for itself. So choosing hunger and access to healthy foods, as Catherine said, it's a hierarchy of needs. So that's kind of how we landed on that. The process in choosing last year. But the need is, like like you said, is so great. Right now in Omaha metro area, our percentage of the population that is living in a food desert is 9%. And the national average is 4%. So we are over double the national average of people living in a food desert. And that just means that people are not near enough to affordable and nutritious food. So it's that number is always kind of my big one where I'm like that it's over double. We're over double. And in Omaha public schools, uh, 75% of students receive free or reduced lunch. 
So we're seeing such a great need and it, it became apparent that, that this is somewhere that we can use our woman power to help. I love the idea of using woman power. And you're right, that number is that number is shocking. I had no idea. I'm also very impressed at the logical data-driven process you went through to select because it would be very easy to let a certain need just pull at your heartstrings, right? Or a popular cause jump in. And I think that's very impressive that you tested things, you looked at the data, and then you chose. So we are in 2020 and we are in the midst of this pandemic. I mean, Shannon, I imagine the pandemic has really hindered the league's ability to do the traditional face-to-face experience. And so I'm just curious, what has it been like standing up a whole new initiative in the time of COVID-19? I first and foremost want to thank our Food Access Committee because their ability to pivot this year and is incredible because this is not the committee that they initially signed up for. Uh, we have a placement bulletin every year that kind of gives you your job description. And we've all had to do completely different things this year. So working with them and being able to pivot our entire plan, I'm just so proud of our team this year because we're, we are still offering those in-person shifts. And just like a quick statistic, we have already volunteered 665 hours this year since May. Wow. And 441 of those hours are direct in-person face-to-face service. So we are still in the community. We're still out there, but we're being safe. We are following all CDC and county guidelines. We are masked. We are socially distant because that need is still there. Just because, I mean, that we do have all of these restrictions in place does not mean that we can't provide service safely. So we are still at Heart Ministry every week, handing up 60,000 pounds of food a week. We have helped them distribute over 400,000 pounds of food this year so far, which is a, a shocking amount. They're, the work they are doing in our community is incredible. But we are offering virtual opportunities too. So we have had the opportunity to do 3D tours through some of our community partners. So you can actually walk through step-by-step through each of their rooms and learn about what they do and um, how they use their space. We also came up with some virtual or some digital resources this year. And we had brainstorming shifts for members. We are also, uh, we have a committee called Done in a Day and they are writing what is called league letters. So they're basically love notes. Like, we appreciate you. You're doing awesome. We sent some recently to one of our community partners, No More Empty Pots, um, because their emergency food relief plan is incredible and they're doing awesome work. So it's definitely required some pivoting, but I think we are being really successful in what we are able to achieve right now. And it just requires a lot of critical thinking, a lot of cooperation, a lot of patience, And I'm just so proud of what our members have been able to accomplish amidst a global pandemic. You know, I think pivot is the word of the year for 2020, right? Like all of us started the year kind of with some kind of plan or idea and 
if you've only had to pivot once, I think you're lucky, right? A lot of us are just making that full pirouette like a ballet dancer here. Yes. I also think taking this full circle, you know, for anybody who did have that picture in their mind of the pearls and the housewives, you know, Catherine, you said this is a group of strong women who roll up their shirt sleeves. I mean, I think nothing proves that more than your data-driven process. You're focusing in on a critical need, 665 service hours and 60,000 pounds of food per week. Did you say 60? 600, 600. Well, yeah, they're doing 60,000 pounds of food a week, but we've helped distribute over 400,000 pounds so far this year. That's amazing. And most of that is fresh fruits and vegetables. So it's healthy food also. Yes, yes, because that's a huge part of what we're trying to do is educate and help people have access to that healthy food, not just kind of your traditional food pantry staples, which are 100% necessary, but teaching people how to use those staples in a better way. So a big part of what we are trying to do is education as well on nutrition and how to make your pantry staples go further how to budget appropriately, how to basically how to make your supermarket trip successful for both you and a nutrition standpoint and also for your pocketbook. Yeah, very good. So Catherine, we've been talking about how has the pandemic impacted your ability to stand up a new initiative? I'm curious, I know also you've been studying hunger in the Omaha Metro for a few years now. What are you seeing the pandemic just doing to the need? The need right now is massive and it's not slowing down at all. I had the pleasure of working at the Heart Ministry Center Food Pantry this summer and there are just hundreds of cars lined up and these people are waiting in line for hours to get food. And we are putting these massive, uh, you know, if you ever go to Costco and they like put all your groceries in one of those big boxes, you're loading that up. And it's like amazing food that you're putting in these cars. It's awesome. But these people are waiting in line for hours, which is absolutely incredible. And they are so grateful when they come through and you get that opportunity to talk with them just for a little bit while they're waiting to move up to the next station. And it's incredible. But when we're seeing like regularly 200 cars a day go through, it gets up past 300 cars on the weekend. It's absolutely incredible. Like they almost need to shut the road down because these cars are waiting for blocks as just to get in, to get their fresh food. And actually when, do do I have time to share a little story about it? Oh, absolutely. I think stories are very helpful. When I was helping, we had, we found these, you, when, when you're working at the, at the distribution line, you get like a giant box of just zucchini. Or you get boxes and boxes of them. So you take a little bit of everything. We were in the fresh vegetable section. You take a little bit of everything. You put them in a box to give to an individual carb. And they had had these little Mickey Mouse snack pack things. They're like in little plastic containers that have Mickey Mouse ears. And they've got like some cheese and some crackers and some fresh sliced apples in them. And I bought them for my kids before. And so we were so excited when we found this box full of these little snack packs. And we were like, this is going to make some kids so excited. So we set them aside to wait till we saw a car that had kids or, you know, like somebody told us that they had a bunch of kids at home. So they would go to a, a home that would really appreciate them. And so a minivan pulled up a little while later 
And there were three kids in the back seat. There were two older kids and then one baby in a car seat. And so they're the back hatch of their minivan was open. And so we're loading it up and we're talking to the kids and we asked the parents, we're like, can we, can we give them these? They wanted to open them up right away. They were so excited for these Mickey mouse things. And we were like, yes, this is exactly what we wanted to happen. We wanted them to go to like some kids who were super excited to get this Mickey mouse snack pack. And so we were talking in the back with the kids. They were cute, like normal, precocious little kids. We had a ton of fun talking with them. And one of our other league members was in the front talking to the parents. And after the car drove up to the next station, she came back and she was like, oh my gosh, this family hasn't had any food in their house since Monday. We, We were there on a Thursday. They had no food for several days. And so that excitement that those kids were showing us, you know, we thought that it was because they got this Mickey Mouse thing. In reality, they were genuinely excited to be getting food and like to know where their next meal was coming from. And that really puts it into perspective for you. You know, my children don't struggle with food insecurity, so they would be excited to get the Mickey Mouse part of it. There are children and, and adults that struggle with food insecurity every single day or, or every once in a while. And to imagine what it would be like to go to your pantry and to look in there and not know what you're going to feed your children for their next meal is heartbreaking. But it is such a big reality for so many people in our community. Right now, Heart Ministry Center is on track to distribute 6 million pounds of food this year, which is twice as much as they distributed last year. If that doesn't put it into perspective for you, you know, the need is so big right now. And that's why we're continuing to offer these safe in-person shifts. You know, COVID has really shown me some of the privileges that I have. My family can stay at home. It's a little bit of an inconvenience for me. I miss the things that I used to be able to do, but I have a safe, warm home with plenty of food. I can go do a Target pickup anytime I need to. Not everybody has a safe home to go home to. Not everybody has food at home. And so we're committed to continuing to help because the need is bigger now than it was in the past. The food bank distributes 2.8 million meals monthly. Usually that number is around 2 million. So we're looking at an extra 10 million meals this year across the state. So yeah, it's the need is greater now than it was last year. And it's probably going to continue to grow. Wow. You guys, I do a lot of work with nonprofits and human service organizations, and there's not a lot that shocks me, but your numbers and your stories do keep shocking me. And I think, you know, those of us that are inconvenienced right now, you know, I think should thank our lucky stars because the pandemic has turned things upside down for families across the metro area, across the state, across the country, literally across the world for no fault of their own that are seeking access to healthy foods for the first time and and you're making it available. And and I I think that's just so great. And, you know, Shannon, I want to ask you, and, and Catherine has kind of alluded to this as well, it's such a massive problem that not just one organization can can solve it. And so I'm curious, how is the JLO collaborating with other organizations in Omaha to have an even bigger impact? 
we have amazing community partners, the work that they're doing. We touched a little bit on Heart Ministry Center and their food pantry. They are the largest food pantry in the state of Nebraska. They provide the most volume outside of the food bank. And the way that they're able to pivot to a, as we say again, pivot to a drive drive through capacity to make it safe for their employees and for their clients. So we're working with Heart Ministry to provide food in their pantry. We are working with No More Empty Pots. They make homemade meals every week that are distributed to those in need. And I have gone for a shift to help package. And like, it's so hard to not try to eat all the food. It (laughs) is, it smells amazing. I mean, and they're all plant-based meals. So we're putting in that nutrition aspect as well. The last time I was there, we packaged 1,000 meals while we were there. And those meals are going out at free or reduced cost to members of our community. They also provide delivery for those that are quarantined. And I know people personally that have used this service while they have COVID and are unable to get nutritious food delivered to them. We are also working with Together. They also have a amazing food pantry. They have a brand new community garden that we also have been working in all summer. We've worked with the Union for Contemporary Art, who has a community garden as well. And we have helped prep all of the their harvest to deliver to area food pantries to have fresh like tomato sauce and things like that. They have a kitchen. We've worked with the big garden. They are a huge asset to our community because they help all of these other organizations get their garden started. So the big garden comes to together and says, hey, let's build a garden. They, they make it happen. We've just been able to partner with so many inspirational organizations that are doing amazing work in the hunger and food access arena. And however we can support them, we will give them that support. So if Norma Empty Pots emails me and say, hey, we really need help. We find those ladies that are going to come and and volunteer and make those meals. So I feel like Omaha has a lot of nonprofits. We have a lot of them, but not only do we have a lot of them, we have really, really good ones. I think we are so lucky to have these organizations that are doing the work that they're doing. And hopefully someday we will have our own junior league branded program that will help in conjunction with all of these organizations. That's something that we're working towards right now. But right now we are just, we're trying to help. We're, do, we're, we're there in any capacity that we can be. Well, it's so obvious Junior League is doing just great work in the metro area. And, you know, you both chose to join JLO for a reason. I'm curious from each of you, what brought you into the organization and what have you gotten out of it? Well, I have gained so many amazing friends. I feel like I've made some lifelong friends that I'm excited to continue having a friendship with. And it's nice to be with a large group of like-minded ladies who want to give back to our community. And that ultimately is why I decided to join helping out and, and pitching in and serving others is uh, it fills my cup. And so that's what I really get out of it. And I'm happy to be able to say that I've been able to make a lot of friends along the way. That's fantastic. That's always a great bonus. 
I joined the league because I had two and a half year old twins and I needed adult interaction. Um, so my main goal of joining the league was to make friends. This was a couple of years ago. And I, I like to share this story with other members too, that join for the social aspect of it. But actually Catherine introduced me to the world of community impact. It's a, a council. So there's multiple things under that umbrella, but I found purpose in my life through community impact. So not only have I made amazing friends, which is what I, I sought out to do. I wake up every morning thinking of others and thinking of the work that we're doing and just the impact that the league is able to make. I have made incredible lifelong relationships with not only other members, but community partners. And I am shocked at the, I shouldn't be shocked, but I was shocked at what the league has done for me in, in terms of mean, giving meaning to my own life outside of just I'm a twin mom. And I felt like I had lived that life and that was all that there was to me. And now I know through the league that I'm much more than that. I am a volunteer. I'm a friend. I'm also a mother. And it's not just a singular thing. So I'm just so thankful for the experience so far that the league has given me and giving me purpose and meaning to my daily life. And these incredible friends and these women that I get to work with on a daily basis. I mean, Catherine has been one of my biggest supporters and one of my best friends through this. And I would have never met her without the league. So I will tell everyone shout it from the rooftops, how incredible the league is. And I recommend anyone to join if you want to make friends, but also let's make a huge impact in Omaha. We can do that at the same time. That is great. You know, you are both, you know, smart, talented, inspiring women. You are moms. I mean, Catherine, we're hearing the joyful noise of kids behind you occasionally, which I think is fantastic. And you're just so inspiring. It would be easy to just get so focused on your own lives and busy in your own lives. And what you've done is you have, you have found a greater calling in a way through Junior League, which I think is so admirable. And I also know that you are being a great example to your own kids. Your own kids will be more likely to give back because they're seeing that example in you. And I think that's an important ripple effect on the world as well. And, you know, we pride ourselves on making this podcast inspiring. So I'd really love to hear from both of you. You know, could you give us a few of your own words of wisdom that could serve as inspiration to others? Catherine, let's start with you. I would just say, just start someplace. It doesn't matter if you start big or start small, but just start, take that first step and you don't know where it's going to lead you. Like what Shannon said, she's got all of these other amazing things that came out of her joining the junior league. She didn't think that that was what she was there for. I love that. Take that first step. You don't know where it's going to lead you, right? Sometimes the first step is the hardest. How about you, Shannon? I would say that wake up each morning thinking of one thing you can do for others, whether that's 
a volunteer shift somewhere or donating something to a food pantry, but just every day do one thing for someone that is not in your immediate family, not in your household. So just wake up every day. What can I do for others today? And it doesn't have to be a big thing every day. It can be a tiny thing, but just one thing every day. That is lovely. Both of those are lovely things. And, you know, this has been a great time talking to you as we come to the end here. I'd love to know how can people find out more about Junior League of Omaha and the Food Access Initiative? So we have a website, jlomaha.org, and we also have a Facebook page, which is the JuniorLeagueofOmaha.com. Perfect. Great ways for everybody to find you. I imagine they can also say, Siri, help me find the Junior League of Omaha as well. Absolutely. And honestly, one of the best ways is you probably have somebody that you know who's in the Junior League or who has been in the Junior League. And so I feel like those personal connections are what really help. Somebody suggested that I join the Junior League and that's how I found it and looked into it. And I was like, what? These are people who just volunteer all the time? Sign me up. It's just, it's humbling and it's it's grounding to be able to, to serve others. And so I'm really grateful for the opportunities through Junior League. That is really great. Shannon and Catherine, thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy schedules to talk with us today. This has been informative and inspiring and motivating. And I thank you both for that. And I thank the Junior League for all of the good work you're doing in the Omaha metro area. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Have a great day, ladies. You too. You've been listening to Agency for Change. If you're enjoying these inspiring stories, please subscribe. Is there a changemaker you'd like to recommend for this podcast? Just visit the Kid Glove website at kidglov.com to share or to listen to more stories about the people behind positive change.